A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax. And think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. It is Saturday. I hope you're all having a good start to the weekend, wherever you are watching this around the world. And it is, of course, World Cup final weekend as well. The Lionesses England taking on Spain in Australia tomorrow morning. Our time over here in the UK. Can't wait for that one. Need to try and work out how I'm going to manage to record a show tomorrow because I've got to probably try and get it done before that because I don't want to be missing that one at all. Really looking forward to that. Good luck to Alicia Russo, of course, for Arsenal. Hopefully to score in the final. What a wonderful achievement that will be for her. Really difficult game. Tough one to call that as well. I thought England was so, so good against Australia in the semi-final. If they can repeat that sort of performance, then they've got a great chance. But Spain, a very dangerous side, even with the... Issues, shall we say, that they've been sort of having behind the scenes throughout this World Cup and in the build-up to it. Um, right, plenty to talk about today. It is Saturday, it is weekend, it is Premier League weekend. It got off underway yesterday with Nottingham Forest winning 2-1 against Sheffield United. Decent night for Matt Turner. Made a good save at 1-1 actually to keep Forest in front before they went on and won the game. So that's them responding well to the defeat at Arsenal in the opening weekend. No Arsenal, though, for the next couple of days. We've got to wait till Monday night for that game at Crystal Palace, which is a little bit annoying, but at least we can sort of take a bit of a sit back and uh, watch uh, as everyone else gets underway. Uh, well, not underway, because they got underway last weekend, but you know what I mean. Um, throughout the weekend, some big games, Manchester United against Tottenham tonight which will be an interesting one we'll talk a little bit about that Crystal Palace game during today's video look at the latest Arsenal team news who might start there's lots of other stuff to discuss following Balogun as well spoke about him yesterday in Tottenham now we're hearing that Chelsea are very very much interested in Balogun and have potentially initiated talks over a potential deal so we'll talk about that as well uh, lots to discuss. Really good night for Ethan Wanieri for the under-21s yesterday as well. So we talked about that very special talent. Uh, of course, got to start off this video with a bit of a plug for the event coming up, which I'm sure you all know about now because pretty much every video is starting this way at the moment. And 
you know, I was going to say I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. I make no apologies. <laughs> I've got to plug it. This is a big event for me. And uh, I want to get as many of you down to it as you possibly can. So please do let me know in the comments below. If you are coming, let me know. Lots of you have let me know in the comments that you're not coming <laughs> so far that you can't make it. And that's totally understandable because you're all spread around all the world. So it's impossible. But if you are coming down to Tollington on the 31st for the book launch event, please do let me know. Like I said a couple of days ago, Gunner Blog, one of the guests who will be joining me for the special Q&A and conversation type piece of the night. So really looking forward to that one. And here's one who is coming. Uh, coming to get my book signed. By the way, never, ever sell to a spud. That is, of course, in relation to following Balogun. But who's this? Simi Superstar. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to seeing you down at the Tollington uh, in just under a couple of weeks' time. So, of course, there you are talking about following Balogun, um, who I spent a good chunk of time talking about yesterday and how I'd feel if he ended up going to Spurs. And that was hypothetical, of course. I was responding to the news from Team News and Ticks. Um, the Spurs had made an inquiry about Balogun. Um, and I was kind of just sort of mulling over how I would feel if he ended up going there and how, you know, I'm not saying that Arsenal should sell to Spurs. If I had my choice, then absolutely they shouldn't sell to Spurs because why would you do that like any favours at all? Um, but should it happen? Should business mean that it that it kind of has to because they're the club that meet the fee that Arsenal want and Arsenal need to sell? Then how would I feel? And I spoke about that in yesterday's video. Um, and lots of you, Lots of you have been responding. Um, if you're watching on YouTube now, I've put just a little collage together of a lot of your responses. Uh, but there were so many more that I couldn't include. You've got a little bit of a mixed response. You've got, you got someone down the bottom there saying, personally, I wouldn't feel anything if Balogun went to Spurs. He didn't make a dent in our first two seasons, um, in our first team two seasons ago. We had a couple of chances and he's demonstrated with recent behaviour that he doesn't have the club at heart. Uh, others say if Spurs get Balogun, then they will banter us until the end of the world, end of time. We deserve it. Um, others are saying, don't think they should sell to Balogun, but to the Spuds, no. If Spurs pay 80 million, then why not? Charles, there is no way on earth that Arsenal would sell Balogun to Spuds. End of story. And then never, ever deal with Spurs unless we're nicking their captain in response to Sel Campbell. So, yeah, the vast majority of all the comments left yesterday about Balogun and Spurs was everyone saying, no, don't do it. Don't sell to them at all. Don't do them any favours. There were, like the one at the bottom on the screen, if you're watching this, some who said, why not? Just give them the money. I don't really feel anything for Balogun. I don't really care. Um, but definitely the vast majority of you were um, of the opinion that Arsenal should not be doing any business with Spurs when it comes to Balogun. So what do you feel about Chelsea then? This is an interesting one. If Arsenal were to sell to Chelsea, would that would that make you feel the same as Spurs? Are you as against Balogun going to Chelsea as you would be against Spurs? I mean, are Chelsea a bigger rival than Tottenham? I mean, obviously last season they're not, but on the whole, yes, they are. Um, you would think. So I don't know. I mean, I'm of the opinion that Arsenal need to sell Balogun this summer. You know, ideally they wouldn't have to. He'd have a long-term contract and we could spend a little bit more time developing him and seeing if he can make it into the first team. But because of his contract issue and because of his ambition to go and play and be a regular right now, I think Arsenal win a Arsenal just simply have to sell. And I think it's pretty clear that they will sell. The fact he's not in and around the squad at the moment suggests that. And just everything that we've seen so far this summer suggests that Arsenal will sell and probably want to sell. 
Um, Monaco are interested, have had a bid not back. So we wait to see if they can come up with a second bid that is more acceptable to Arsenal. But you look at Chelsea, you look at the business they're doing, you look at the money they're spending. If someone's going to come in and hit the sort of mark that Arsenal want for Balogun, Chelsea, you would think, would be one of those clubs. So how would you feel about that? You know, I, I, I almost would feel, I don't know why, I would almost feel worse, I think, selling Balogun to Chelsea than I would to Spurs. Spurs just, I don't know, Spurs just feel a little bit irrelevant to me. Um, and that's weird because Spurs have finished above Arsenal, aside from last season, Spurs have finished above, above Arsenal like six seasons in a row or whatever it is. You know, they've been better than Arsenal. But I don't know, I still just kind of feel that they're a little bit more irrelevant to Arsenal than Chelsea are because of the success Chelsea has, because I honestly think Chelsea are going to come back and do well. I think Pochettino's a good manager. I think once they get their squad sorted out and actually get a decent number of players, um, not too many players, they could have a, a decent chance of being a good team again. So I don't know. I'd almost feel worse about selling them, Balogun, than I would Spurs, which is an odd thing to say almost, I think. But I'd love to know what you guys think on that. Now, this doesn't sound like there's been any bid yet from Chelsea for Balogun. They're just um, sort of initiated talks to see if it could be possible. So we wait and see if that progresses or not. Um, uh, Darmesh at Sky reported yesterday. I've seen a couple others reporting now. We've got links to the Chelsea side of things. So um, we'll wait and see if that progresses. But it's certainly an interesting development nonetheless when it comes to the future of following Balogun. Okay, turning our attentions to Monday night, shall we? In a big, big game for Arsenal. Of course, they won at Crystal Palace last season to kick the season off in style. It'd be excellent if they could repeat that trick on Monday night, I'd certainly take a nice 2-0 success right now if you offered it to me. Um, Palace started with a win last weekend, beat Sheffield United, played pretty well in that game as well. I don't know, 24, 25 shots, only scored one, Odson Edward scoring. Um, but they caused Sheffield United an awful lot of problems going forward. Uh, have been boosted as well by the fact that Elise has rejected Chelsea and has signed a new contract. I don't think Elise is going to be playing because he's, got an, he's injured at the moment, but... Um, you know, that will boost everyone. I'm sure that will boost the crowd. They might wheel him out onto the pitch before the game to uh, whip the crowd up e- even more. So, you know, it's going to be a difficult game. It always is at Selhurst Park. You know, Arsenal have had some miserable nights there in recent seasons, especially night games. Um, you'd hope they kind of put that to bed last season with that good performance. And they're going to go there this weekend or this Monday night in a bit of in a confident mood. Team news wise, Reese Nelson looks like he could be back involved. He played in that behind closed doors friendly against Luton. Um, on Thursday or Wednesday, sorry. Um, was it Thursday? No, yeah, it was Thursday. Uh, Alexander Zinchenko, of course, he played as well. We haven't seen him yet this season, but with Yuri and Timber out injured, then I would fully expect Zinchenko, providing he's had no setbacks since playing in that game against Luton behind closed doors, I think he'll start. I think he'll come into the uh, into the back line. No Gabriel Jesus, of course, he's still out injured. David Rye will be coming in to the squad for the first time since his move to Arsenal from Brentford. Other than that, everyone seems to be okay. Some big decisions for Mikel Arteta to make when it comes to the starting lineup. He made a bit of a um, bold move, I would say, or he, he certainly surprised a few of us. His team selection against Nottingham Forest on the opening weekend with Thomas Partey playing at right back. I don't think that's going to happen this weekend. I would be surprised. I think Gabriel comes back into the team alongside William Saliba at centre-back. I think we'll see Ben White shifted out to right back again. Like I said, Zinchenko at left back. I have a feeling that will be the back four. And then it's like, what do you do in midfield? Do you bring Thomas Partey in and play... Um, and play Thomas Partey and Declan Rice together? 
or do you just play Declan Rice as a holder infielder and have Havertz and Odegaard in front of him? I've got a feeling we might see Party and Rice play in midfield and then um, Havertz play as the number nine instead of Eddie Nketiah, which is maybe a bit harsh because Eddie started and scored at the weekend. But I just think the sort of threat that Palace are going to provide... Um, Arsenal might look to be quite a physical side on Monday night and they've certainly got the op- options to do that now and you think if they do play that team if you've got Gabriel and Saliba as the two centre-backs if you've got Ben White at right back if you have Thomas Partey and Declan Rice in central midfield and you have Kai Havertz as the number nine that sort of spine in your team is all very big and very powerful and that might well be what Mikel Arteta looks to do on Monday night I've got a comment here from London James he says normally I'd call for Trossard to be our false nine on Monday but I think Kai needs to play as he's bigger and quick. Oh, apologies, my voice went a bit weird then. Um, and and I, I I tend to agree. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the way Mikel Arteta goes. Now, the what work he's done in the transfer market, the squad that he has built now, he gives him this opportunity to be a little bit more unpredictable, to make surprising team selections, to have, you know, I think opposition managers are going to be facing up to Arsenal at games now and waiting for that team sheet to arrive, thinking, what are they going to do? I think they make... It, Arsenal certainly got the options now that makes it hard for managers to um, kind of really predict what they're going to do. Last season, we knew what Arsenal were going to do. If everyone was fit, you pretty much knew the starting eleven that Arsenal were going to play. You don't have that this season. And I think that's a big boost for Mikel Arteta. And I think that's a big reason for the, some of the work he's done and the squad that he's put together. So it's going to be really interesting. But I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Of course, please do let me know. What do you think the starting eleven should be? You know, what, what should Arsenal do with Thomas Partey this weekend? Does he stick it right back? Does he come into midfield? Does he play with Declan Rice? Do you, like me, think maybe Havertz as a false nine or would you stick with Eddie Nketiah or would you big bring Leandro Trossard into the starting eleven? Trossard came on for another impressive cameo in the game against Nottingham Forest at the weekend. was very unlucky not to start that game given his performances in pre-season. So please do let me know in the comments below. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Uh, all right, transfer news time. Alex Runnison has now completed that move to Cardiff City that I was discussing yesterday. That has been done. Arsenal confirmed that yesterday will spend the season on loan in Wales. So that's one of the, I don't know if you want to call them unwanted players, but one of the players that we've been waiting to move on out the door for Arsenal. Not the biggest of deals, not going to bring him in much money or anything like that, but it is at least a player out the door, which is something Arsenal needed to do and they really need to step that work up over the next 12 days or so before the transfer deadline uh, approaches. Ethan Ranieri, a player that Arsenal fought really hard to keep this summer, managed to keep him, managed to get him to agree to a new deal with a, a 
professional contract further down the line once he turns 17 and um, he will sign that, which is great news for Arsenal. And he showed last night for the under-21s exactly why scoring a hat-trick, 16 years old, scoring a hat-trick for the under-21s, not a bad achievement that as Arsenal blew Leicester away, um, making it two wins from two for the start of the season. Mehmet Ali, the under-21s coach, very happy. Talked about how he dominated the game. Still said he wanted more and Arsenal scored seven goals in the first two games now um, in the under-21s this season, showing a real sort of free scoring. Adwanieri scoring. I thought I saw Miles Lewis. Skelly scored the other day as well. So some of these really young kids are making a big mark at that level, which is exactly what you want to see now because they look ready. If anyone who watched the under-18s run to the Youth Cup final last season, you watch these players, you know, they look ready to sort of take that next step to play under-21s regularly. Uh, on Manieri, Mehmet Ali said, I'm really pleased for Ethan. He works really hard. And I thought tonight's composure and positioning was brilliant and he got the rewards for it. Uh, it was three really good goals, but massive credit must go to his teammates for providing him with, with the opportunities. I think Wanieri's development this summer or this season is going to be really interesting to watch. Arsenal obviously have big plans for him. They really rate him. Mikel Arteta really rates him for him on for his Premier League debut as a 15-year-old last season. That says it all. Um, and like I said, they fought really hard to keep him because for a long time, you know, it was pretty much a given that he was leaving. Um, loads of agents that I spoke to were absolutely convinced he was gone and he was going to sign for either Manchester City or Chelsea. Arsenal managed to change change his thinking Getting back to focus on Arsenal, got this deal done. That's absolutely fantastic news. But watching him develop, watching him nail down a position is going to be really interesting. Like in that under 18s um, run to the final last year, he was playing as a central striker a lot of the time. Um, and I, I don't know. I, when I saw him there, I kept thinking, that's not your position. That's not your best position. He can do a job because he's such a talented footballer. But I, I like seeing him a little bit deeper than that. I thought at times when. Wiltshire made changes in, for the under-18s in that run and he brought on a striker in the second half and then one year he dropped a little bit deeper, he looked more dangerous. Um, so it's just going to be really interesting to see him nail down a position, see what really works for him and then really start to develop. But yeah, great for Ethan yesterday and certainly a player that we're all going to keep our eyes on closely this season. Um, okay, some questions now before I end this episode today. Uh, one here from Yen and Yun says, Hi, Charles, is there any way of getting a signed copy of your book if we can't make it as a sign-in? I would love to come and support you, but won't be able to make it down to London that day. No problem at all. I fully understand that. <laughs> On the question of signed copies, it's something I'm trying to find out at the moment. And once I do, and I know if it's possible or not, I will absolutely tell you all because I've had lots of questions. You're not the only person who's done this. And I understand that a lot of people can't make it to the book signing. So I am speaking to the publishers, trying to find out if there is a way that we can sort of get together and do this big signing. And then if people want it, they can order direct. I don't know. It's something that I'm talking about at the moment. And once I know for sure, I will come back on and uh, let you guys know how that could be possible or not. Uh, here's one from Chris who talks about Lukonga. In, this is in response to yesterday's uh, episode where I spoke about some of the players who need to go in the next two weeks and Arsenal's issues trying to get them out the door. And he's, Chris here says Lukonga to loan on Burnley where he can link up a company. It makes sense to me. It does. It makes perfect sense, Chris. It's a move that I actually expected to happen this season. There were certainly talks going on about it happening, but it's not moved forward yet. And that is a concern of only 12 days to go. Burnley have done other transfer business as well, brought in a midfielder this summer so whether this is something that's actually going to happen in the closing stages of the window we'll have to wait and see but you know it did make a lot of sense but 
you know, I just wonder. This felt like quite an easy deal to do, and it hasn't happened. But twelve days goes left, so I, I just do wonder if this, if it's not going to happen now, and that uh, he's going to have to go somewhere. But he needs to move on. There's no, you don't want Sammy Lukonga around the squad this season because it's going to do his development no good whatsoever. He needs to go and play, develop, and um, and he's not going to get that at Arsenal. It's pretty obvious. So we'll see what happens with Sammy. But thank you very much, Chris, for your question there. Here's one from Kevin Butler. It says Fabio Vieira will play a lot. On the right wing, uh, in my opinion, he's had a couple of promising games there in pre-season, showing a real desire and hunger to be more physical and make things happen. Plus, we already own him. Obviously, left-footed, so able to cut inside like Arteta prefers. We need to make the best of the use of the investments we've already made. Yeah, interesting comments there. Um, I agree. He could certainly be an option there. Mikel's used him there in the past. I still prefer him as a more central player than to do out on the right. As much as Saka likes to cut in on side on the left, I think he's still... You know, he still likes, he, he still very much likes getting on there. You know, he can go on the overlap. He can use his right foot, get to the byline and cut the ball back. Fabio Vieira would always, always funnel in to the central areas. And that would make Arsenal pretty narrow, especially if they're not playing with Ben White um, as as right back. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I prefer him as that sort of backup to Odegaard in that sort of role. But I do agree that Arsenal need to try and get the best out of Vieira this season. They need to try and get more from their investment. And he had some promising moments in pre-season. Obviously, the big, big moment of winning the Charity Shield or the Community Shield with that penalty in the shootout, which hopefully that will give him a really big confidence boost going into the season because this is a big season for Fabio Vieira. Talented player, no doubt about it. He's got quality. He can pop up in key areas. He can finish. He just needs to really show this season that he has the personality and the character to make a name for himself at this club because if not, things move on very, very quickly and this team will quickly evolve without him. So it's a big season for Fabio and I think Arteta will give him the opportunities. I think we've seen that already to try and progress and then it's just down to Fabio to make an impact when he's on the pitch and he has those opportunities. So fingers crossed he can do that. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you very much for watching, everyone. Like I said, have a very good weekend wherever you're watching this around the world. Uh, If you're in Australia, and you're heading to the World Cup final tomorrow, then please do give the Lionesses a big, big cheer. But until then, everyone have a great Saturday. Enjoy whatever you're doing. I'll be back tomorrow to talk all things Arsenal once again. 